going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verses 1 through 11. I like to run, but one of the things I notice is occasionally when I run, I would run out of, I'd just run out of energy. And, you know, you, you run out of energy and you're just kind of having to gut it through to get through to the end. And what I began to realize is if I would just eat a banana and maybe a few almonds before I ran, I could make it the whole way through and not lose my energy. <laughs> and so I started doing that. Uh, I've also got some, uh, occasionally when I am really drug out and don't want to run, you, and I, th- they're little uh, electrolyte things that will dissolve in water, and I'll, and I'll use one of those. Uh, and those things have helped me have energy to persevere, um, especially now that it's getting hot. But, you know, in the spiritual life, we also need energy to persevere, don't we? And uh, God has given us the Lord Jesus Christ to help us in the persevering that we need to do as his people. And uh, this scripture actually talks about that. It talks about looking to Christ and the fact that he is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. And that he is the one who helps us persevere. And so we need to look to him for that strength uh, to persevere and the help that we need. And the title of my message tonight is Receiving God's Help. And if you look with me at verse 1, we'll read this scripture. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So receiving God's help, um, how does uh, God help us persevere? Well, first of all, he assures us of joy. He assures us of joy. If you look in verse 2, it says, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter, of our faith. 
for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross. Now, some uh, I haven't looked at the translations, but I, I do know that it can be translated, instead of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. I think both, both things are true, but I think the translation I just read to you, for the joy set before him, is the best translation because it fits the context, and it fits the emphasis in the book of Hebrews, which is that hope that we have of things to come. Uh, Jesus did deny himself temporary joy uh, in order to be obedient to God. But he did so with a hope to a greater joy, not just of the exaltation to the right hand of the Father, but also the joy of seeing what God would do in your life and mine through his work at the cross. And so uh, I think it's going to be really exciting one day to meet people who have been saved uh, through the ministry of our church. I, I was talking to somebody this past week, and I said, I, you know, I'm excited um, to see what God does through Carlos's ministry. And I think we're going to see some El Salvadorian brothers and sisters in heaven uh, because of the work that's happening down there. And, uh, you know, I, and it's also exciting to think about, what about these kids that are saved in our church who go out and, you know, they live their lives and maybe they're in another state. But God uses them in his plan to, to reach people for Christ, to make a difference for the kingdom of God. It's going to be exciting to see what God has done someday when we get to heaven. But it's also going to be joyful because God will give us his joy. There'll be no sin, there'll be no grief, there'll be no heartache, there'll be no trouble. Uh, sometimes you can make it through just realizing that there's something good ahead. Um, and, and what a wonderful thing that God has given us, the hope that he has given us in this life. This life is a vapor, but eternity is forever. And whatever joy we experience here in this life because of the Holy Spirit living within us, it's just a taste of what is yet to come. Uh, when we see Jesus, and uh, what a day that will be. And so that's one way God helps us persevere. He, he gives us his hope, and he helps us to see what happened with Jesus. Yes, he suffered. He suffered unjustly. He was righteous. He was good. He was true. And yet he suffered anyway. His, his ministry was hard. It was difficult. But he persevered. And on the other side of that perseverance was the blessing of great joy. So he assures us of his joy. Uh, that's one way that we receive God's help. Uh, he, he assures us of his joy. Secondly, he inspires us by his example. He inspires us by his example. And verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. So that you won't grow weary and give up. Um, you know, if you get on the wrong side of our media, you're going to see some hostility, aren't you? <laughs> our, our, our media can have great hostility. Same thing's true on Twitter. You get on the wrong side of things on Twitter, you can receive some hostility. Jesus experienced a hostility that is unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. Uh, people hated him 
Uh, you either loved Jesus or hated him. <laughs> Sinners who were redeemed by him loved him, but his opponents hated him with a passion because he would confront their sin and he would, he would say the things that would convict their spirit. Um, some of his enemies were jealous of him, and there was this hatred, and it just grew. It got worse and worse and worse. And finally, they, they, they've been plotting his death since early in his ministry. But finally, they put together a plan, and they arrest Jesus, and they put him to death. Um, and, and, and you see the trials, and you see all these things. There was a hatred of Jesus that was just palpable. And what he endured is truly remarkable. And he, he did so because he had been in the garden. Remember the counsel he gave to his disciples? He said, watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so uh, Jesus was watching and praying. What were they doing? They were taking him a siesta. Okay, so um, they, when the pressure came, they fled and they forsook Jesus. And then Peter denied Jesus. But Jesus walked through this incredible trial with perfect peace. Uh, Pilate was, was amazed. He said, he said aren't you going to answer these people? Don't you realize they're, they're, they're false, they're accusing you of these things, and you have nothing to say? And, uh, and, and Jesus, Jesus said, hey, you know, he, 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 I'm trusting in God. <laughs> he, um, and so uh, it, Pilate says, hey, why aren't you answering me? He says, well, don't. He said, don't you know I have the power to put you to death or to spare you? Jesus said, you have no power but what God gives you. And so uh, Jesus faced this with perfect peace. He laid down his life. And, of course, the Bible says God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus' example, um, he inspires us. You know, there have been some people that have inspired me in my life. Um, I remember one of my professors, um, when I was in, in Bible college, stopped the class one day. We were in a, in, a, in a Greek class, and he just stopped the class one day. There was somebody cutting up in the back, and he said, Look, if you're not going to give this your all, you don't need to be here. And he started a, about a 15-minute lecture about how serious what we were doing was. He said, you know, if you're going to goof off, go be, go be a plumber, go do something else. This is serious business. This deals with that internal destiny of lost souls. Don't you take this lightly. And, and I mean, it, and man, it made an impression on me. It inspired me. I thought, yeah, he's right. Um, I, I think of... Uh, of men like W. Criswell or, or Adrian Rogers, who, when I was a young man, uh, were standing for God's word in in our convention, and and there was there were some who had attacked God's word, who were teaching, uh, you know, the first eleven chapters of Genesis aren't true, and some things like that, and these men stood up and they said, "We've got to return to the word of God as a convention. We've got to hold our." our professors in our seminaries accountable, and, and we've got to demand that they teach the Word of God or go somewhere else. And uh, these men inspired me as a young man, and I, I, I thank God for them. But I'm going to tell you something. Nobody has ever inspired me like Jesus. 
Jesus is the greatest character of history. There's, there's been no man like him. He lived a perfect life. Just that in and of itself, if you consider nothing else, is truly amazing. To be perfect in your thought life, to be perfect in what you say and what you do and what you don't do all the time, I mean, that is truly remarkable. Jesus was a man like no other man. But then he, he spoke as no one else spoke. Uh, he loved as no one else loved. I, I remember the story of, of the leper where Jesus heals this leper. And he, does, he could have just pronounced him clean. But what does he do? He reaches out and touches him. You see, if you're a Jew, uh, the ceremonial law said that if you touch someone who was unclean, you became unclean. But Jesus touches him and he becomes clean. Because Jesus had a power that the rest of us don't have. He was not afraid to interact with this sinner and show him compassion. A man who probably hadn't had a human touch in years. Jesus reached out to those who were poor and needy. And those who were broken by sin. And he showed them a a love that was just profound. But he also had the courage to speak right into the face of the leaders of that day who were hypocrites and to tell them so to their face. Didn't win him a whole lot of friends when he did that. Jesus was a man of character. He was a man of strength. He was a man of power. And then, who speaks to the winds and the waves and they obey? Wow. I would have loved to have been there for that one. Uh, probably not at first, but uh, <laughs> what an amazing character. And then he lays his life down as an innocent man, as a righteous man. He lays his life down for sinners like you and me. If that were not enough, three days later he came out of the grave. I don't know too many people that have done that. I've preached, uh, <laughs> I remember I, there's a, a retired pastor in my last church who um, was talking to me one day. He said, you know, I always, when I was a pastor, I liked doing funerals better than I did mar- marriages. And I said, well, well, why is that? And he said, because when, when you do a funeral, they stay dead. <laughs> you know, most people stay dead, right? Jesus came out of the tomb. And he ascended and he intercedes for us. And he loves us despite our faults and our failures. There is no one like Jesus. He answers our prayers. He cares for us. He ministers to us in our brokenness. Be inspired by Jesus. Look up to Jesus and and think about Jesus and focus upon Jesus when you're struggling in your service and recognize what he has done and follow his example. Be inspired by him. So, receiving God's help, how does God help us? He assures us of joy. He inspires us by his example. He encourages us through discipline. He encourages us through discipline. Um, 
If you look in verse 5, uh, he says, My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly. This is actually a quote. Uh, or lose heart when you were reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. So there's two sides to this. What One um, is the fact and the truth that God does discipline us when we're on a sinful path. Just like a loving parent will will discipline a child. You know, I, I, I thank God uh, my parents didn't let me play in the street. I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, they, they cared enough about me to intervene and help me follow a safer path. Thank God that we have a God that cares enough about us to intervene when we're going down a path of destruction. We are secure as his children. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And one of the ways he does that is through discipline. And I'm grateful for it. Um, But he also, if you look at these words, these words for discipline or punishment, they also have a side to them. They can be translated training. Uh, So God also trains us and prepares us for the work that he has for us. Now, I think it's, I praise God for schools, I praise God for higher education and all these things. These are blessings of God. Um, But the instruction that God gives us in in his discipline um, is something that prepares us for what he has for us. And so uh, it is a help to us. Now, sometimes I've gone through trials in my life, and so have you. And it's not necessarily because there's a sin in our life, right? But God takes that difficult situation and he uses it to grow us, to teach us faith, uh, and to teach us about serving him. Uh, And and it's it's amazing what God can accomplish. He, He may be accomplishing something in my life through my suffering, and he also may be accomplishing something in your life uh, through my suffering. Uh, Paul says, look, we, we experienced uh, uh, suffering. We, we despaired even of life. And, but we experienced these things so that God could then use us to bring encouragement to you. So God takes these things and uses it in our lives, prepares us for his purpose, and uses us to encourage one another Uh, in these difficult things we experience. So he encourages us through discipline, and it is an encouragement. Um, It's an encouragement to know that you have somebody who loves you enough and cares for you enough to intervene in your life. I'm glad I had parents who weren't afraid to, to bust my tail when I needed it. I, you know, I, I, I'm also grateful that they prayed for me. Where would I be without a praying mom. I've, I've had discussions with her about that. I said, you kept me out of a whole lot of trouble I probably would have otherwise gotten into through your prayers. I'm sure of it because I know there's a whole lot more trouble I wanted to get into that I didn't get into. <laughs> and uh, it, that's, what, that's what godly uh, parents are all about. And, um, and so uh, God does that for us. Uh, he encourages us through discipline. So how do we receive God's help? He assures us of joy, he inspires us by example, encourages us through discipline. He renews us as we submit. He renews us as we submit. Look at verse 9. Furthermore, we had the human fathers 
discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? Now, he's not talking necessarily about eternal life here. He's talking about those who are already Christians. He's, God disciplines those who are believers. So these are people who already have eternal life. But he says there's something, there's a connection between our submission to God and the spiritual life and vitality that we have as God's people. Uh, Jesus said, um, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, or to the full, as some translations will say. Um, This kind of life is that spiritual life within Uh, that God gives us as we are walking in the filling of the Spirit. And submission is like the door that opens uh, for us so that we can walk into this abundant life. Uh, So he renews us. He makes us alive. I, I, I remember I went through a season of time in my early adulthood where I was bitter at God. And uh, I remember just how lean my spiritual life was during that time. It was like being in a desert. And uh, after about about two years, I believe, um, I finally told God, I said, Okay, God, you can do whatever you want to do in my life. Uh, Lord, I, I am sorry that I have been bitter at you. I, I, I'm, I'm confessing that to you. I've had a terrible attitude. Uh, please forgive me for that, and uh, you just do what you want to do in my life. And it was like a switch came on, and the sweetness came back uh, that we had been missing for all that time, and submission was the door. I confessed my sin, and I said, Lord, my life is yours. I'm bought with a price. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just want the sweetness back in my fellowship with you. Please. Uh, forgive me, and and he is so good. He is so good, and he comes alongside us, and he once again refreshes us with his presence and renews us and gives us a hope and a future. I love uh, that verse out of Lamentations. Yes, the clean white pages. Um, It says, uh, it is of your compassions that we are not consumed, for your compassions fail not. Your mercies For they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Every single morning that I live and you live, there's new mercy, new compassion from God. And as we come to him and submit ourselves to him anew and afresh, he comes alongside us and infuses us with his life. That's that's the greatness of who he is. And... and, um, it's a wonderful thing because we can't live this life without him. It's a wonderful thing that he extends his mercy to us. If you look at, um, at verse 10, it says, For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, that is our human parents, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. So another way that God helps us is he sanctifies us as our helper. 
He sanctifies us as our helper. He does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. That's what sanctify means, the process of being made holy. Um, holiness, a lot of times we think of holiness, we think maybe of stained glass or we think of, of uh, somebody dressed in a robe and, and formal and, and all these things. Or some people have a view of holiness that you're always miserable. You know, you see, you, especially if you listen to Hollywood, you know, they, they try to portray Christians in as negative a light as they possibly can. Uh, but uh, some people think, well, a holy person is somebody who has no fun and their life is a constant misery. That is the farthest thing from the truth. Holiness is just being set apart to God's purpose. Guess what? God created us for a purpose. He saved us and he made us a new creation for his purpose. Ephesians says it this way, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I can think of no more purpose-filled living than that, to fulfill the purpose of God. And as God helps us grow in holiness, he helps us become more like Jesus, and he empowers us to fulfill the purpose for which he created us. Holiness is all about drawing close to God. As he says, you will be holy for I am holy. And, and by holiness, uh, holiness doesn't earn us our salvation, but holiness helps us grow closer to God as Christians so that we can walk in the fullness of relationship with him. And, and that is a wonderful, blessed thing. And that, by the way, is going to be one of the most awesome things about heaven because in heaven we won't have a sin nature. Won't that be a great day? <laughs> There'll be nothing to hinder the holiness. There'll be nothing to hinder the fellowship that we have with God. We will have perfect fellowship for all eternity with God. Perfect joy because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, he's the one who helps get it started. He's the one who sustains it now and perfects it. It's another translation you can, you can uh, the, uh, uh, the finisher or it could also be perfecter of our faith. So he's working on my faith. He's perfecting my faith. But one day he's going to settle the deal. He's going to be the finisher of my faith. And for once and for all, I will have the perfect faith and also will see the things that have been promised. And I will have the perfect holiness that God has planned for me. And, and that's just going to be a great day. So in the meantime, as he helps me grow in holiness, as I'm set apart to his purposes, and walking with him in strength, it gives me strength when times are hard. I can persevere. I can fulfill the plan that God has given me because he is with me and he is sustaining me. And he has given me supernatural power to fulfill the purpose God's created me to fulfill. And so, uh, it is a great and awesome help from God. Look at verse 11. Notice no, this discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. 
that peaceable fruit of righteousness, the peace that passes understanding. I love what Peter says. We, we have, we're, we've got all these trials around us, all this trouble around us. It's a book on suffering, uh, First Peter is. And uh, he says, but we have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is God's plan for us, to give us that inner strength to fulfill the purposes God has for us. I think of Paul and Silas in the jail, right? Uh, they've been preaching the gospel, they've been, they've been beaten, and they've been put in jail, and they begin to worship God. And their hearts are filled with joy. And I, I think they're kind of having a revival service there. And uh, you know the story. And, and God begins to use it uh, to win the jailer to Christ and so forth. But um, this joy in the midst of incredible suffering and difficulty sustained them in their ministry. I want to tell you something. There have been times I don't think I would have made it without the Lord. In my ministry, in my service for Him. Uh, even in my Christian life. Listen, God is so good. He comes alongside us. He's a partner with us. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't that wonderful? We can put our trust in Him. So, um, receive God's help to help you persevere and finish what God has for you today. Uh, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible says that... Uh, Christ died for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. That's the gospel in a nutshell, and uh, he just asks you to make a choice to turn from your sin in your own way, to follow Christ, that's a choice of repentance, uh, and to receive Jesus into your life in simple trust. And if you're ready to do that, it would be my delight to help you with that here at the front in just a moment. Uh, after I pray, we're going to have a time of invitation, and you'll have that opportunity. Just come forward, say, uh, say Pastor, uh, I'd like to give my life to Christ. Or, or, or just say, I'm ready. If you don't remember what to say, I'm ready, and I'll know what you're talking about. If you're here and you're a child of God, uh, maybe you've grown weary and well-doing, and you just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, uh, please renew me. And help me truly surrender to you and follow you and uh, learn from the discipline in my life so that I can persevere and do the things you've called me to do and finish well. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would have your way in us right now. Help us respond to you in faith and obedience. And we pray it in Jesus' name.